it was it became very clear that everyone was people were like shell shocked, people were terrified, people were, people literally thought like the world will turn to the Walking Dead, you know, at the beginning, you know, people thought like it's going to be the apocalypse, and um, I just wanted to. So initially, we we started a series, seeing light at the end of the tunnel, how reasons to be hopeful during this this crisis, the Corona crisis, and um, and we, it was there's such an like an explosive interest in sharing why we should be hopeful and in in, in in being uplifted why you know how we can be hopeful hey it's josh before we get started with this episode i just want to ask that if you're listening please subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get notifications when new episodes come out and if you like this episode share it with a friend and maybe leave a review it'll really help us out okay enjoy the episode Breaking news tonight, the coronavirus forcing millions more Americans into virtual lockdown. Our country wasn't built to be shut down. This is not a country that was built for this. It was not built to be shut down. America will again and soon be open for business. Uh, very soon. A lot sooner than uh, three or four months. It's There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. Um, there's a lot of, you know, wondering if you're risking your life by going to work. In this episode of Restarting America, I'm excited to speak with Yitzi Weiner, a journalist, author, and the founder of Authority Magazine. At Authority Magazine, Weiner has conducted or coordinated more than 4,000 empowering interviews with prominent people like Shaquille O'Neal, Floyd Mayweather, Kelly Rowland, Bobby Brown, and many more. He's also the CEO of Authority Magazine's Thought Leader Incubator, which guides leaders to become more prolific content creators. In 2017, Weiner created the popular Five Things I Wish Someone Told Me series that highlighted the empowering lessons learned from the experience of high-profile entrepreneurs and public figures. The series has inspired a mini-movement among writers, with scores of writers worldwide profiling inspiring people to share their positive, empowering, and actionable stories. A trained rabbi, Weiner is an also dynamic educator, teacher, and orator. He currently lives in Maryland with his wife and children. Thank you, Yitzi, for being here today. It's my pleasure, Jeremy. Thank you for inviting me. So to start off, kind of why we're here, we'd love to hear about you and your story. Sure. Thank you for asking. So I grew up in Los Angeles, California, and I moved to the East Coast for school. I originally had the intention to become a become um, an oncologist. I wanted to use my my strengths to, to help people. Um, but as as I advanced in my in my education, I, re- I realized that the main, my main my main goal was to help people, and I thought I could use my talents more directly helping people by becoming a a teaching rabbi. So I um, yeah I got got came ordained as a rabbi and. I started a learning organization in the Boston area, and we, my family, we did we ran that with my colleagues. We did that for uh, almost ten years. Then, as my family grew, we, we moved back to Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. And um, you know, as my family grew, I needed to you know find a you know uh, a more viable way to support my family. So I um, I first started out at, as a as a PR firm. And then in the course of my work, I was invited to become a writer to um, Huffington Post. And um, my beat in Huffington Post was I was, I was doing what I do now, basically you know, uh, asking public figures and 
sports sports figures and popular culture figures to share empowering stories, a positive uplifting empowering stories. And then uh, <clears throat> eventually Huffington Post closed down their contributor platform. And but I, I focus a lot on building relationships with publicists. So I had a lot of relationship equity with the publicists that represented a lot of prominent people. So with my wife's encouragement, you know, with her advice, she says, you know what, you could start your own publication and just leverage those relationships to continue to do what you're doing. So yeah, so that morphed into, um, you know, I, so I, I was writing for Ariane Huffington's Thrive Global. At that point, Thrive Global was primarily on a Medium's platform. That's when I was introduced to the platform and the inner workings of it. And so then, yeah, as within the Medium ecosystem, I, we created Authority Magazine. And the premise of Authority Magazine was to be able to have authorities share their thought leadership about a whole array of topics. So you know, we have like 120 different topics. And the premise is to have an interview series to have a lot of different experts talk about one particular series. So instead of just like one article, um, you have, you know, a hundred articles about one topic with different uh, thought leaders sharing their perspectives. And that's really the premise. And it's, it's, I try my best to, for it to be like uplifting and positive contents. The way I say it is like, instead of being, instead of being media junk food, it should be media whole food. It should be, you know, nourishing food. It should be something that makes you feel good after you read it instead of making you feel, feel uh, empty and, and unsettled. Um, yeah. So what are some of the better stories that you've published? You know, it's hard. It's, you know, you know, right. Actually you said it was 4,000. So that's kind of a, just, it's my fault. My bio is a little outdated. So now together authority, we're actually close to 20,000 now. Wow. Actually, actually it's accelerated a lot over actually, you know, over COVID we actually really accelerated a lot. Apparently people are reading more than ever. And you know, people are looking for positive stories more than ever. So, from 20,000 stories, it's hard, it's hard to identify a particular one. Um, but uh, like, you know, it's hard to identify a particular story per se, but I guess if I would have prepared, I probably could have prepared that and probably could have uh, given you one. But in terms of like a general um, interview, so I am always, I'm always impressed how like, like leaders that you don't always associate you know, with being, being like, for, for example, when I interviewed Floyd Mayweather, so he, right, so, the question I often ask is, if you could start a movement that would bring the most amount of good to the most amount of people, what would that be? And Floyd Mayweather said he wants to, he would like to, you know, to start a series of gyms to help help underprivileged youth, you know, to you know to use their their strengths and their the physical strength to you know in in you know towards fitness. And I, I found that I found that just seeing another side of a figure they never really saw before. To me, that was like a major lesson that that you know often we get like a one sided perspective of, of a person, but when you it, you know when you really look look deep, you always find you always find uh, there's always good you could find, and always you know uplifting stories you could find. So what is um how like how is it how was it starting it though? How did you start getting people to want to share their stories on Authority Authority Magazine? Yeah, so you know my my experience has been if you reach out to somebody on LinkedIn. You know, they may or may not you know be open to it, but but like publicists are like the gatekeepers of every publicist represents you know between ten and twenty clients that are looking to share their story. So that's been, that's been my focus. I, I kind of work on my relation, relation with publicists. I created a, a Slack group that has now like four thousand publicists that I've worked with, and whenever we do a new story, I send it out, and then these publicists will will submit their clients to to to. You know, to participate in a new series. So that's been my like shortcut is, is cultivating relationships with gatekeepers. Um, Cause the public represents somebody that's eager to share their story. You know, if you reach out to somebody out of the blue, they may or may not be open to, to publicity at that time. 
that's, that's been my been my experience, my, my like my secret sauce. So I know you have a relationship with other magazines too that are publishing or republishing this content. Can you tell me about that? Sure, sure. Yes, yeah, so I have a we have a it's a content partnership with Entrepreneur. Basically, um, we sh they share articles with us and we share articles with them, and then basically we in order to grow our respective audience, uh, we share each other's articles. You know, we have like five basic verticals. So you know, one's wellness, and one's popular culture, but one of them is business. So that overlaps with entrepreneur's focus. Um, we also have a similar relationship with, with um, I work with, with the editor at, at Thrive Global. And so we have a similar relationship. Uh, but I would love if anyone's listening, if the other publications that would, would overlap with one of our verticals, either wellness or, wellness or uh, popular culture or business or social impact or technology, would be happy to, happy to explore a part, uh, uh, kind of partnership. So as you're building this, what kind of opportunities do you see in what you're doing? More opportunities at least. Opportunities in the future? Yep. So, um, you know, so I've been doing this, like this particular system I've been doing for since 2018. So, you know, and I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying to tweak. Uh, really when I started my, my, our partnership with Entrepreneur, that's really when I realized that you know, initially we're focusing primarily on the, the storyline, five things I wish someone told me. But then I realized there's so many other different angles we could explore. That's really when I was able to identify and and um, uh, break it down to many different storylines. So we're, we're trying to uh, we're trying to create many new storylines that you know, virtually almost anyone can find a way that they can connect and share share their thought leadership. Basically, the premise is that you know often people are intimidated by a blank page. But if you give them prompts and ask them questions that draw out a story, it makes it much easier. So really almost anyone can share good advice with the public if it's drawn out in the right way. So everyone can share their thought leadership if they're given good prompts. So that's what we're looking to do is trying to expand their storylines and to make it open, give, give, like, give thought leaders you know, a good, good platform, a good like, soapbox to be able to share uplifting ideas. Right. So... Um... I, I've noticed you started publishing a lot during the pandemic, as you've talked about. Can you kind of start explain how that started impacting you at the beginning and how, like what you've done since then? Sure. Sure. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it hasn't affected my business. I mean, it's really, it's improved my business and, you know, in terms of there's much more activity, but um, it was, it became very clear that everyone was, people were like shell shocked. People were terrified. People, people literally thought like the world will, turn to the walking dead, you know, at the beginning, you know, people thought like it's going to be the apocalypse. And um, I just wanted to, so initially we, we started a series, seeing light end of the tunnel, five reasons to be hopeful during this, this crisis, the corona crisis. And, um, and we, it was, it was such an, like an explosive interest in sharing why we should be hopeful and in, 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 in being uplifted, why, you know, how we can be hopeful. So, so yes, yeah, so we, we've really responded to, you know, as different crises uh, unfolded, you know, when the pandemic started, and then when, you know, when the you know the protests started, George with the George Floyd killing, we started. We also started a series on how to how to how, what we can do to create a inclusive, representative, and equitable society, how we can he help heal our country. So we've been much more responsive to you know to the to the trends in the news and and um, giving people an opportunity instead of just like listening passively and and reactively. And, and feeling anxious, like what can, what steps can each of us do on our own level, in our own communities, with our own families? What can we do to help solve this on, a, on, on our own level? So when you said like it's helped your business, how has that been for your, your team? Like what does that look like? 
In Tup, meaning that there's been a huge, huge interest in, um, in, in, in terms, of, in terms of like creating content, has there been like a lot more work than normal? Are you going, are you, are you working more hours than, than typical? Sure. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're definitely now we're, um, as, as we speak, we're now up to like, we're publishing around between 200 and 300 articles a week. Um, and uh, you know, it was initially like not too long ago. It was like 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 fifty a week. So it really expanded a lot. Um, you know, I, I I had to hire you know I had to hire a, a team to help help me with the workload. Um, you know, we're small. We're small. You know, we have like a we like we like five people five people on our staff. Um, so yeah, so we had to you know expand. But but it's really been a great experience of being able to to learn how to delegate. Now I've, I've been, <laughs> you know, I, I initially, you know, I was doing a lot of the work myself. I'm also a graphic designer and, and a web designer as well as, as well as a, you know, a writer and author. So I, I was doing a lot of the stuff myself and, and part of this, this experience was trying to, to learn what I could do to delegate and how, to be, and how to be happy with the results. What has been some of the challenging aspects of delegating for you? I think this, I mean, this is probably like a perennial issue that everyone has, everyone struggles with. But for me, it's that, you know, we have a, our 30 magazine has a certain like look, there's a certain you know, aesthetic, there's a certain, you know, feel for what we choose for our headlines. There's, you know, like I'm very mindful of not just what, not just of uh, having a nice picture in their article, but how it looks on the whole homepage and how, how the color scheme, you know, how the color, the color palette will look. So we're something that people don't usually think of, but, as a graphic designer, that's part of my my uh, my equation. So uh, so it's it's always hard to give over an aesthetic sense to somebody. And, but so but I but what I've been what I what I did was trying to identify what are the parts that that really don't, don't at all need my involvement. I, I try to create systems that make it as you know as easy as possible to to pass on. So I, I've basically broken up my day into different parts, different tasks, and I've been able to hand those out. And now I'm just just working at things that that, that you know the only I have to do. And where is your team located? Are they also in Maryland, or are they all over the place? So, yeah, yeah. So, so we we have we have it's so it's me, and my wife here in, in Baltimore. We have we have um, we have uh, yeah. The rest are they're, they're, you know they're they're working remotely. Yeah. So some some are some are in um, South Carolina. Some are in, uh, in in New York. So it's we have a, we have a, a local a small local team, but also a remote team. May I ask, what is it like to work with your wife? I'm very, I'm very, very blessed. My, my wife's, my wife's uh, really, really smart. She's very talented, and uh, you know, so we each focus on different parts. We, you know, so we don't overlap, but it's really like we have like a, you know, we're married almost twenty years, so wow. we have like almost congratulations. Like a, what's that? Congratulations! <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so much. So like we almost have like a, we almost have like a, it's like an ESP, so to speak. We just we know how to communicate with few words and we know what each other wants. We know, we're, you know, we're on the same page, which, which you don't always have with other employees. You have to really try to, you know, really explain what you want, what you have in mind. So we have like a, like a shorthand that we really understand each other. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really helped our relationship actually. It's really, and it's really, I mean, we, we always had a good relationship, but it really gave us a whole new, all this new service area for our relationship to bloom. And That's beautiful. So what has been inspiring to you during this uh, period of time as, uh, as you said, you're interviewing lots of people and you're in a glimmer of hope kind of series. So what, what, I guess, what is inspiring you? Sure. Um, 
I noticed that that um, you know, with people, people are really looking looking inward. What we can do to fix things. I think that you know, for the beginning of you know, beginning of the year, you know, at the beginning of last year, or the beginning of the decade, even you know, beginning of the millennia. You know, we were, things were, were going on, you know, we're just doing our own business, but there's a much more awareness of, you know, things aren't going right. Th- things aren't going right in our country. Things aren't going right in the world. And each of us want to, you know, want to do something to step up. So often that's manifest in people, you know, sharing tweets on, you know, on social media, which isn't always very helpful, but, but that, that's an expression of a good thing, which is that everyone wants to see what they can do to be part, be part of the solution. But generally speaking, I, I've, I've seen a lot of people are just taking interest. What, what can they do to be, you know, we're all going through a hard time. The whole world's going through a hard time. You know, all humanity is going through a hard time together. And what can we do, you know, on our level to, to, to step up, which, which again, we haven't really seen that, you know, uh, too much. Um, so, what, I mean, what what are you then telling? Like, it's your your family and what they can do, kind of. And you're telling yourself, and as you kind of saying for others. Sure, sure, excellent. So, I, I often say this to my family is that that um, I'll give you I'll give you an analogy, and I'll use like a Jewish reference. Um, basically, basically, in, for example, you know, in Jewish thought, part of the part of the idea is that if we that we want to be able to create a society that that emulates God's compassion and justice and, and wisdom. So, so how do we do that? How do we create a society that's 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 godly, that's that's just and kind and wise? So we have to start by making our heart into a mirror, a mirror by polishing our heart to make it a mirror to reflect the divine. So if we can work on our own heart to make it a shiny mirror, then if we do it individually, work on my own heart. If I work on my own heart to make it a mirror, then collectively, as a community, and then as a as a nation, then as a society, then as humanity, we can create a quote unquote surface of mirrors that reflects reflects the divine, that reflects you know reflects heaven on earth, so to speak. So, so the answer is we have to start with ourselves. Really, we gotta we gotta polish our own hearts. You know, if if we if society if society has in it there's hatred and and prejudice. And judge and purely are, are biased and, and pure be judgmental. That's true of society. So what can we do in our life? What what prejudices do we have? What, where are we holding grudges? Where are we, you know, where are we hating others? Where are we, you know, not not finding the good in people? Where are we quick to, quick to judge or sharing gossip? What can we do to polish our own hearts? Make our own heart like a, a mirror, and then we work with our family, and then then and be role models, and then if we do that as a society, then we can create a you know a, a surface of mirrors that reflects. Uh, you know, you know, heaven on earth. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, so, it's, taking a step back a little bit farther, um, if you can go back to January, knowing what you know now about what the world has been like, would you do anything differently or tell yourself anything? I think that. I think that like one of the greatest skills that 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 has helped me cope cope through the crises and. You know, I would have been better off had I had I been better at that skill. Just the ability to live, you know, to live day to day. You know that, you know, so much so much of our anxiety is it comes from focusing, you know, but focusing on the future, the unknown future, and so much of our sadness comes from focusing on past regrets, past things we regret. But if we just realize that the past doesn't exist, it's gone. The future doesn't exist. We have no idea what the future will be. Only thing that really exists is the present, and the present is is a tiny, tiny tiny fraction you know the 
past is gone, the future doesn't exist, the present is just a second. You just focus on living on the present and focus on day to day. Things right now, things are pretty from us, things are pretty good. You know, 99.9% of things are pretty good. Most of our worries come from what will happen tomorrow, what will happen the, the day after. So I would I would tell myself, and, and this is a skill that I like to cultivate more, ability just to just to not worry about a world that is not yours. The past is not yours, the future is not yours. Just worry about just today. Focus on today. Focus on the next this minute. Um and then, yeah, be in the moment to, to literally focus on the moment and live the live the most in this moment. Then we'll have much more meaning and joy and focus and be present with our you know with our loved ones, with our, with our friends. That's nice. So, uh, so if you can go back to uh, or thinking about the next month, quarter, or year for you and Authority Magazine and your family, what, what does that look like for you? And uh, what are some of your thoughts about it? Yeah, we're looking to stay the course. You know, we're we're you know we're looking to to expand their offerings, to expand their topics. Um, you know, down the road, we we may consider um, some th- ideas we're considering are um, um, we want to basically like take, we have all these different series, maybe to turn them into books, basically to have like be like a thirty magazine, be like a magazine, a print magazine that's a compendium of like the best interviews, make that into books, and you know, people can can just can can. Purchase from the bottom of an inter- from an interview. So that's that's an idea we want to explore future. You know that, that down the road. We also would like to explore doing a podcast. But I, I want to you know I want to focus focus on what our I want I don't want to um, dilute our strengths. I want to be able to uh, focus on what we're doing well. And um, uh, but yeah, so that's an idea for down the road. <laughs> so you've talked about what you could do, I guess, for your business. But what do you think is going to be most important for other businesses moving forward? And I know you've addressed that in different ways, but sure. I think I think that in an age that so many things are automated and and you know mass communicated, the company that's the most personal wins. So like, you know, if you if you know if you're used to sending emails to to a to a client list. You're, the more you know, if you just get on the phone and, and talk to a client once a week, just to, you know, set it in. And the the more personal you are, the more you're able to make a relationship. The more you're able to, um, the more you're able to really understand what what people are looking for, what what they're trying to accomplish. I think I think that will be more I think be more successful. More successful, and you'll get you'll get more leads. You'll generate more business. So I would recommend to uh, try to make your business as personal as possible, and and as as non. And I mean, of course, you need automation to some degree, but but people crave a human connection, a human touch. People crave relationships. So if you could offer them relationships, then I think you'll 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 be able to generate much more business. That's great. So um, we've seen today there's almost like dual issues going on in America with racism at the center stage. Would you share how this has impacted you? It hasn't impacted my business per se, but it honestly as a as as a Jewish person, you know, I, it may seem like you know Jews, you know, Jews are, are white and they may, they may not be part of the, this question. But really, we are we are a minority, and uh, you know, and we are a you know, visible minority, and and we've always been the you know the canary in the coal mine. That when, it, when things were things were were tough, often Jews Jews were also oppressed. So while of course my experience as a Jewish person is different than than you know tr- you know the tragic experiences of of, of uh, you know of you know the black community, um, 
I do worry that when things, as things become more more prejudiced, and as as we see these injustices, I do worry that it will it will also affect affect you know me and my community. So so you know there is there is concern or you know is is the United States is it, is it as safe today as it was in the past? Are we still safe here? You know, should we should we consider you know relocating? So there is that there's that a lot of that chatter. <clears throat> um, so I have also felt like a little unsafe and unsettled because of it. Um, but but. But at the same time, you know, my, my, my hearts really go out to those who are, you know, who are, yeah, to those who are affected, you know, to, you know, the, what happened with George Floyd was unconscionable. And, um, and, you know, that, you know, shouldn't really, something like that we have to make, make measures to make sure that something like, like that doesn't happen again. So you obviously seem like you're doing this um, with storytelling for many different people. Um, but what would you think, like, how how are you helping fight racism then and uh, helping yourself helping other people um helping your different communities sure so so um you know on on you know on my own on a, like the most like on the ground level you know i live in i live in baltimore baltimore is a you know majority black city you know i i do have a you know i interact all the time with 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 people that are that are minorities and and uh, an African American, so I, I try my best to you know to I'll try my best to, you know to to yeah to be be an advocate to, to offer assistance when I can to offer help when I can you know to be available when I can uh, so that's that's you on like on a personal level on on a more like on a business level so yeah we have a, we have a series we have a, we have a lot of series that are that focus on how businesses and business leaders can help to solve the you know the inequalities in our society. And we, we make it a very strong effort. So if you look at like the articles on Thursday, I would say maybe maybe um, every third article is a, has a you know a person of person of color uh, sharing their idea. So we try our best to to make sure that our our, our, our publication is very representative. And we also try our best to make sure that it's representative in terms of gender. So we have like I would say like 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 the fifty percent of every article is a is a woman. As a you know as a father, I have six six daughters. Thank God. And uh, I, I want, my, want my daughters to ha- to have a you know to have to, to live in a you know you know as as America America is, has has a lot of amazing wonderful things but of course needs to be improved of course there's room to room to for improvement and I want my daughters to have a, an even better America in the future. So what do you think other business owners can also do to help? I think that um, it's it's you know. So much, so much, so many like, like so many people that you hire usually comes through like your own social network, your own like your friend, your friends, and it, 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 they come through a pipeline of people that are similar. So you really have to, you have to like, if you want to have a, like, a diverse, diverse and representative staff, you have to really like go out of your way. Like you have to like, you know, go out of your way to take extra measures to try to make sure that things are diverse. It isn't, isn't it's even if everyone's everyone's uh, equally capable, but you, you know, unless you take extra effort to find them, you're not going to find them. You know, but kind of like the inertia will be that you're going to find people that are that are similar to you. So, so I think that in our society, the more we realize that that diversity is important, and and that diversity, you know, you'll be more effective because you'll you'll reflect your your customer population. The more we realize that, the more we actually have to have to go out of our way to you know, take extra efforts to make sure that we're we actually, um, you know, actually look like our customers. <clears throat> so, you know, so we, you know, we have we have you know, we have uh, some of the things. So, you know, my, our writers, we have uh, we have uh, you know um, 
we, we have you know, we have several uh, African American writers on our team, and we try our best to make sure that our staff looks like looks like the population. That's great. So, um, if you could take away something from this pandemic five years from now, what would you think you take away from it? I th- I talk about this with my life a lot. I think that we're going to miss. I think as 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 hard as it is now, it's, it's and hard for everyone. It's hard for everyone who's going through a hard time in their own way. I think we're going to be a bit nostalgic, you know, uh, that things were, things were, you know, be nostalgic of like the opportunities that it gave, like to, you know, you don't have the same busyness, the same, like even now as we're exploring, you know, planning for school and we're starting to figure out carpool and, you know, school supplies, all, all that, then like, you know, in April, April, you know, April, May, June, things were just, we were all together. We were just very simple. We were all together as a family. We were all hunkered down. So I think we're actually going to be nostalgic for you know, that, that quiet, you know, the, the family time, the, you know, kind of the, the simplicity of life. Um, and so if you could try, you know, of course, so we want to have that, that kind of simplicity and quiet when things are good. So maybe, we, you know, I think we'll want to replicate that in some ways to appreciate the simplicity and, and uh, you know, the, the, the lack of, of you know, the lack of, frenetic schedules that that um we normally have i definitely agree uh it's gonna be really interesting to see how that plays out so i want to ask you a question that you said you asked many other people and uh turn it back on you um so you said if you could start a movement that will help the most amount of people um what would that be that's great so yeah i don't know if this would be the like the, I think that there are a lot of a lot of great things that can be done. But one thing that I would like to put on, put on like people's radar is the, is how how is the the virtue of humility, humility. How um, how being a person that that's has more humility can really help so many ways. It'll help you help help people to have better relationships, help people to, to get to less arguments. It'll help people to, you know, to um, you know, to you know, not pursue excess. Um, I've, I've really, there's a lot to talk about in this, but I think that like so much of our society has has been has has seen like the pursuit of fame, the pursuit of being famous as, as an ideal that we want, that's great, and but that's actually led to certain qualities that that, that it's led to the opposite of humility, it's led to arrogance and feelings of superiority, and those feelings of superiority lead to a lot of the the, the problems that we see in society, you know, they kind of they they're outgrowths of that. But I think that if we could work on more on more humility of, of humility, and then it's it's correlated to the riches of simplicity. I think that a lot of the those problems could be addressed. The problems of, of racism and the problems of of uh, you know of, of bullying and the problems of pursuing excess. The problems of people that are lonely. A lot of these problems can be can be addressed. So that's something that I want to put out there. The the you know kind of like the opposite of you know you know certain you know, boastful personalities and leaders, I think that put out there the value of, of humility. That's wonderful. And I think just like saying that itself is like a really pure thing and a wonderful thing and the kind of the start of being able to spread that. Um, and I, I'm just wondering as you're saying it, like what else could be done? I guess, as you said, you start within yourself. Um, but I, I, I guess you, as you kind of show yourself, you are able to, lead others um i guess one wondering uh how would you further that message out or have you thought about that so that's an excellent question 
It's a great, great question. So I, um, I once gave, you know, in my, my rabbi role, when I was a teacher, I once gave like a series on 50 ways that 50 virtues that are a result can be, can come out of being humble. And I gave us, it was a class and I have, a, I have an, I have that an outline. And so I fantasize one day or I dream one day when, when I have the, the focus and the bandwidth to turn that into a book. And I think that that can, I think that could be helpful. So that, that could be a first start is to, you know, take, take that book and make it happen you know, to manifest. And, and, I th- and Jeremy, I thank you for asking the question because you, know, you actually reminded me that I want, I wanted to, to write this book. So thank you so much for <laughs> giving your encouragement. I hope you write the book then. <laughs> so um, I guess some last words of advice for listeners and, um, and maybe for yourself, what would you tell yourself moving forward or what do you want to tell yourself and to other business owners as they keep moving forward through this, uh, through this period of time? I think that, um, I think that how powerful gratitude is gratitude, both in terms of expressing it to others, saying thank you to others, thanking people for what they've done, but and also to be grateful to, to feel grateful for what you have. Um, I think those, those two aspects of gratitude, just saying thank you. I, you know, I, you know, I, um, you know, I deal with a lot of people every day and some are like kind of peripheral, but when people thank me, you know, take the time to thank, send a thank you note for, for publishing an interview or some other thing, it really, it really stands out because sadly a lot of people don't, I would say probably, you know, 95% of people don't. So, it, so I, I think that gratitude is, is so important because because you know, it, it, it really, we all, every one of us craves being acknowledged and, and being being valued, and gratitude is one way. Gratitude, gratitude is saying is you are a person that made a difference to me, and, and therefore you matter. Saying thank you is, is really saying you are important, and we all have this existential need to matter, you know, to, to live for a purpose. Um, so, and also to be grateful for what we have, to be able to express gratitude. To you know, I. I dream of one day of students starting a series of how we could solve a lot of the mental uh, mental health. How could optimize our mental health through gratitude? So you know, if we could focus much more on what's going good in our life, and even though things are hard, things are bad, things things are are, are tragic, but yet at the same time there are things that are good. And um, so that's 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 what I would focus on on, on the importance, the centrality of gratitude, expressing it and, and living it. That's great. And thank you for saying that. Thank you for being on this podcast today. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. It's really powerful stuff and it's really meaningful. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will enjoy listening to this podcast and um, I appreciate your time. Jeremy, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And uh, you're an excellent interviewer. You're really, you're excellent. Coming from somebody who does it a lot, it's, you're, doing, you're doing a great job. <laughs> thank you for saying that. Right. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Rabbi uh, Yitzi Weiner, for being on Restore America today. Thanks. It's my pleasure, Jeremy. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restarting America podcast. Make sure to subscribe in your podcast app and visit restarting-america.com for more episodes like this one. Restarting America is produced by 97Switch.